0: at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started. Watch any
1: Christmas movie, and one thing stands out above everything else, and it is this. Christmas is all about right relationships. Ironically, this seems to be especially true when the Christmas movie makes no mention of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Have you noticed that? or the real reason of Christmas. Uh, this week, I really enjoyed a couple of Christmas movies with my nieces. Of course, enjoyed the classic Elf. Can I get an amen? <laughs> and the other I'd never even heard of, a newer movie called Noel. And both movies studiously avoided any trace of any kind of Messiah, focusing exclusively, of course, on Santa Claus. And yet, both also rang out this profound conviction that Christmas is all about right relationships. Making new relationships, repairing broken relationships, and, of course, keeping the ones that you have. And there's a reason for that, of course. Christmas really is all about right relationships. Jesus, the Messiah, came to make relationships right. And everything else flows from that. And while there are many who have forgotten how right relationships are made possible, there's still a lingering sense that right relationships with others is the thing that matters the most. And Christmas serves as this cultural seasonal reminder of that for us. You see it everywhere. Now, for followers of Jesus, the coming of Jesus celebrates the writing of broken relationships. Relationships of every kind, every variety. The writing of our relationship with God himself. And that aching existential sense that we carry that not everything is right between us and whatever or whoever is out there. Or our relationships with each other as humans, right? From the closest relationships we have in marriage and family, right out to nations and enemies, Somehow the writing of broken relationships also relates to our relationships with the broken world, with the created world, whether it's land or animals or ecosystems or watersheds. And right relationships even extends to our own internal relationships and our own fractured, anxious, beleaguered selves. Wherever there's alienation or brokenness, wherever there's been rupture or distress, the Messiah came to fill that breach and to restore that connection and to make right relationships possible. Again, that's the point of Christmas, and that's the big view of the good news of Jesus Christ. But here's what I'd like us to do just for a moment this morning. Before all of that writing of relationships happened, there was one relationship that was first influenced by the coming of Jesus. There was one relationship that was never the same because of the incarnation of the Son of God. And that is, of course, the relationship of Mary and Joseph. You ever thought of that? We often glide quite quickly by the fact that Mary and Joseph as a married couple were never the same because of that kid. (laughs) Jesus' coming impacted them profoundly. Let's consider that for a moment. In Matthew chapter 1, that's the first gospel, also the first book in the New Testament. We heard a bit of this last week. Joseph had heard the news that his fiancee, Mary, was pregnant, which was a real problem because he hadn't actually slept with her. And so he had to assume the only thing that, of course, would have made sense. She'd betrayed her betrothal to him. And she'd taken up with another guy. And Joseph, we read, was a good, kind, righteous fellow, And he decided while he was not able to go through with the betrothal and actually marry Mary, he would break off the engagement quietly. He didn't want to bring public shame to her. Well, as we heard last week, right as he's making that decision to divorce Mary, and in that culture it would have been a divorce, an angel shows up in his dream and says, Yo, Joe, don't be afraid to marry Mary. She's got my kid inside of her. Call him Jesus when he comes because he's going to save the world from their sin. It's pretty mind-blowing stuff. And here's the verse I want us to pick up on. It comes next. I want us to consider this for a moment today in verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he did Not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, this is a small verse, and I'm sure it's the verse we all glide over. I get it. But I'd like to invite you, all of us, to use our imaginations just for a moment and ask, how did the coming of Jesus impact the relationship of Mary and Joseph? And I invite you to throw out some thoughts. How do you think it impacted their relationship? I want to hear it. And I'll repeat it for those who are online today. How did it impact it, their relationship? Sexually. Well, yeah, I'm thinking there was a sexual effect there. wasn't there. We'll keep it PG in here. But the reality is they got married but didn't bring it all together. There was a waiting period. There was something natural and good, a good gift from God. The gift of, of sex is good within the covenant. It's a beautiful thing, and, and, and yet somehow it's submitted. It's been submitted to a higher thing that God is doing. Huh? Submitted to God within this relationship. It's waiting. What else? Heavy responsibility. Heavy responsibility. Absolutely. They've received a powerful call that is changing their lives. Yeah, what else? Joseph is not the biological father of Jesus. He's now taking on the role of being a father to a child that in that sense is not his. He is, he is taking responsibility and care for a child that God has given to him, to them. That's right. And, and the effect that would have had on their marriage, on their own understanding of their parental role might be something in there for all of you who are parents. But, you know, there's, there's something in there about recognizing this is, this is actually God's child here that I've been commissioned to raise. We've been given the responsibility to raise this child. Yep. Yeah. What else Reputation. Reputation, and you want to tease that one a little bit, Kristen? Is it Kristen who said that, Yeah? Their never that Jesus was in fact. There always would have been a whiff. Oh, Joseph, you think really, you think God did it, did ya? I mean, seriously who? is going to believe that. There always was a whiff. In fact, it shows up a little later in the gospel. Always a whiff that this kid is illegitimate, right? So yeah, even having to navigate that relationship with each other in the context of a culture that probably looked at them and went, "Uh uh-huh. We know what happened there. What else? Fear. Fear. How so fear, Eileen? Okay. Yeah. Shorter reverent fear of like, oh my goodness, this is a, I mean, we should look at all our kids and say, this is a child of God, but this is a child of God, right? Like you don't want to mess that one up. They look at you and go, you're really not parenting well today, mom. Yes. Uh, Somebody said something else though at the same time. An increase in faith. Did you say love? Doubt Doubt with an increase in faith. They had to navigate through that as a couple. Like, what has God, what is God doing here? And how do we respond to this? Well, right? But I am willing to bet that it had a profound effect on how Mary and Joseph saw each other. How they interacted. How they navigated parenting. Parenting. We know it altered where they're going to live. We know that they end up living a few a few years off, you know, out of country, in Egypt, because a wicked evil king was trying to kill them. And then even when they came home, they decided to live somewhere else. Their plans all went different than they would have expected. They're responding. The fact that God has given him this kid and had profound effects. Their whole marriage was grounded in this ultimate submission to what God was doing in and among them because his son was present with them. The truth is, the coming of Jesus first transformed his own family unit. The marriage relationships, the family that came out after that, because contrary to what some of our brothers and sisters in the world might think, they did have sex afterwards and they had more kids. And so the family that then came out of that was forever marked by the fact that this one child had come first. Well, what does that have to do with us? Now, we would rightly say that this Mary-Joseph-Jesus combo is in some sense utterly unique. Can we agree on that? A never-to-be-repeated event. But may I suggest to you that there might be a little more crossover for us than we first realize. Stay with me. Jesus came into the world through this family, but he came, as we're told right here in Matthew one, to fulfill the word of the prophet that God would be with us. Emmanuel, this aching, long, unrealized desire Of God the creator to live among his people. A desire that you can trace all the way through the scriptural arc. All the way through the story. That desire of God was finally becoming an embodied reality through Jesus, the son of God. Jesus is the word of God made flesh who came and made his dwelling among us. That's what we read in John's gospel. But God's desire to live in us and with us was not even yet fully realized even here in Jesus. See, Jesus had a lot of work to do first, including his healing and his teaching ministry, but ultimately through his death, his resurrection, and his ascension to the Father's right hand, all of that work had to be done in order for God to fulfill his ultimate dream to be with us. Jesus the Messiah restored that shattered relationship between God and humanity for humanity for this reason. Hear it. So that God, in all of his triune fullness, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, could finally move in and take up residence in his new creation people. God wanted to be with us and in us so intensely that he first became one of us through Jesus so that we could be right and restored to him So that he could then move in, in the person of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me so far? I'm trying to trace it through. I'm summarizing the whole big story, the heart of what is Christian conviction, so that you can see the point of our reflection this morning. God came to us in Jesus Christ, so that Jesus made us right with God, so that God could come and live in us by the Holy Spirit. And so, with that held in our minds... Is it not possible for us to consider now our own families, our own lives, our own marriages, our own core relationships, just as affected by Jesus who has come to live in us as it was for that original family, Mary and Joseph? Are you with me? Is it too much of a stretch to ask how your marriage might be affected by the fact that Jesus lives in you, among you as a couple? Is it too much of a brain buster for us to think how Jesus' presence in our family, as a member of our family unit, might then have a ripple effect on how we raise our other kids, too? How we think about what it means to be a parent, How we interact with an older brother, ourselves. Might it have some effect on the way that we begin to relate in submission to God to one another, even sexually? For those of us who are not married or don't have kids, is it too much for us to consider how the presence of God in your life and in your family life also impacts your closest friendships and relationships? Even the ways you think about your relationships with other siblings or family members. I also want to expand this out slightly to include not only those who follow Jesus, but those of us who are not yet following Jesus and are just considering this Jesus. How could this Christmas season help you understand that there is a relationship repairing mission that's taking place, that Christmas is somehow about right relationships and it might be an invitation for you to consider how this happened because of Jesus. And in fact, for all of us, there may be an opportunity to ask, is there a particular relationship in your life, in your family, that God is calling you to actively repair this Christmas? The Advent question that we're posing today and for you to take with you and consider this week is this. How can Christmas create fresh relationships for you. How can Christmas make your relationships fresh again? Because Jesus came to make relationships right. He's the prince of peace, he's the king of love, he's the one who came to be God with us, and he's not content with brokenness and alienation. Every fiber of his being is committed to making relationships right, to restoring what's been broken, to mending what's been neglected. And his presence in us and among us leads us to rightness, to wholeness. And here at Christmas, for sure that's true, but continuing through the whole of our lives. Every Santa movie out there makes a big deal about relationships, and that's good. But none of them tell us why they matter. Every Santa movie points us to the fact that relationships are central, which they are, but none of them really clearly articulate how we can be made right. Again, and that's okay. I don't need a Santa movie to tell me the good news. We already have something to tell us the good news, okay? I don't need that. We don't need, the, we don't need Santa to tell us the gospel. The greater story of right relationships has already been given. The true story of Jesus' coming, which is the Mass. I mean, just think about the words and how they work. This is Jesus becoming flesh. So, so much so that as we look and as we consider and as we celebrate and reflect, we begin to see why these relationships matter so much. Why it's so important that right relationships are happening. Why it's so important that God would do this because God made us for it. He made you and I for right relationships across the board in every way and he's going to stop at nothing to see it restored. When we get to realize how it's finally made right through Jesus and his coming to be with us, we can truly celebrate. So my friends, I'm hoping that Advent season could be an invitation for all of us. An invitation into fresh relationships. That we would let the Holy Spirit lead us through Advent to consider what relationships need to be repaired, what relationships need to be pursued, what relationships need to be grown and flourished and protected. Recentering all of our relationships in the coming of Jesus Christ who invites us to be with him as he wants. To be with us. Maybe continuing what's already begun, or maybe perhaps for the very first time. Let me pray. Our team's going to come and lead us in a final song. Lord Jesus, your coming changed everything. We know intuitively as people, the right relationships matter. Broken relationships suck. We want things better. And I pray that this Christmas, we would see, maybe for the first time, or maybe a renewal of that sense that Jesus, with you at the center, right relationships are possible. And so for each and every one of us, whether we follow you, Jesus, or whether we're exploring who you are, I pray that Christmas would make and create fresh relationships for us because of you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericsoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.